Hey everyone, this is Cameron with Bitcoin for Everybody. I'm here with Bailey Jacob. He uh, just wrote a book called Orange Pilled, supposed to be released in a couple months. And he is also the founder of a couple Bitcoin oriented uh, businesses. So um, Bailey, I guess let's just go ahead and get started with, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, what got you into Bitcoin. Um, and yeah, how, how'd you go from, you know, just falling down the rabbit hole to writing a book about it and then starting these businesses. Yeah. So um, firstly, thank you so much for, for having me on the podcast. This is great. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, like you said, a bit about me, um, uh, Bailey, obviously um, Australian, I'm 25. Um, my background um, prior to uh, jumping into to Bitcoin, um, have a degree in psychology, did that for a year realized I hated it <laughs> um, and then jumped into mortgage broking, did that for three years, really enjoyed that. Um, and then went down kind of uh, the rabbit hole of um, uh, entrepreneurship and business and decided to take the plunge with that. And um, when I was uh, 1920, um, I started a uh, online business where I was selling film cameras um, and I did that for a year and that did really well um, and then I kind of got the bug for entrepreneurship and, and, and business from there um, and that really grew um, a couple other businesses after that and then I guess my orange pill story um, it's it's it kind of um, expands uh, a little bit further so the first time I ever heard about Bitcoin was when I was in like year nine or 10. Uh, this would have been 2013, 2014. Um, but it, it would have just been people at school talking about it or I had no idea what it was. I honestly didn't care about it. I didn't understand it. Um, you know, when you're in year nine or 10, um, yeah. that's not the kind of things you worry about. I think I was too worried about chasing girls or I don't know, going to the skate park or something. So it wasn't until um, a few years later when I was 17. So in 2015, when again, the conversation of Bitcoin came up and um, I was with a couple of mates and um, we kind of just really were interested in this idea of Bitcoin and people owning it. Um, so we, we jumped online and tried to figure out how do we even buy this thing? Um, and then, yeah, I think I put like $50 in, um, bought some Bitcoin and it was kind of, I don't know if addicting is the word, but it was a super interesting idea. Even back then, like the idea of, of buying a digital currency, like in 2015 for, for, for someone my age, like it just didn't exist. Like it, it, the concept of it was such a like revolutionary thing at the time. I think now being in Bitcoin for, for, for a while, you kind of um, become desensitized to it. But, but back then it was such a significant, um, significant thing. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of just from 2015 to, to 2017 um, just traded in Bitcoin and a few old coins and, I ended up selling all of my Bitcoin that I owned in, in 2017. Um, and then from then till 2020, 2021, um, I was just trading altcoins and, and dabbling in, in all of that. Um, realized that 
you know, I had some pretty bad uh, losses in small coins. I also had some good wins, but I think the losses outweighed the uh, wins. And um, I think there was just one day where it was just such an emotional roller coaster for years uh, with altcoins that um, I stopped enjoying it and it stopped enjoying cryptocurrencies in general. Um, and then that pretty much led me back to Bitcoin. Um, you know, I just thought over the last five, six years of me being in crypto, why is it that Bitcoin has always been on the number one spot? Um, why hasn't it had any rug pulls? Why hasn't there been any scam, like significant scams and stuff to the to majority of people that owned it and kind of dove through into how Bitcoin is not crypto. There is no CEO. It's not centralized. There's no board of executives. There's no, um, you know, pre-mining or, or whatever it is a Bitcoin. And, and, and I guess for me, that was almost like a, an, an epiphany moment of, oh, wow, this is so much different. Um, and no other crypto really holds a light to, to Bitcoin. And then I guess long story short is um, in 2022, uh, it was October, I sold a um, uh, investment property. Um, and then in December, 2022, I decided, you know, if I really do uh, believe in Bitcoin and, 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 and what it says and just like the fundamentals um, despite what the price is, I think at the at that time it was maybe seventeen thousand, and it was you know fluctuating heaps over the years prior. Um, but I decided, look, if the fundamentals make sense, uh, the price to me doesn't matter. Um, so I decided to put in a hundred percent of the profits from that investment property into Bitcoin. Um, and then yeah, I've just held that since, um, which has uh, been great and. Um, I guess ongoing with that is where some of the Bitcoin businesses um, came up, came up as well. Awesome. So you first got into Bitcoin and you were trading it. Um, and then you started trading other uh, cryptos, altcoins and yeah. um, got burnt <laughs> with those yeah. and eventually led you back to Bitcoin. And um, yeah. now you use Bitcoin only. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. What is, what is it that you think, uh, like, was it just the getting burnt by those altcoins? By the way, altcoin, for anybody listening, is just any crypto besides Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, altcoin. that's it. Um, um, there's another name for them that rhymes with Bitcoin that people call them. I'm going to say it on here. But, uh, <laughs> um, Get creative. Yeah, any, anyway. Uh, yeah, so what, so was it, was it just you kept getting burnt by the, these altcoins? And uh, that, and you just, you kept seeing Bitcoin, you know, remaining at the top and being steady and steadily, you know, trending up. Um, is that what, you know, kind of um, got you into Bitcoin only, or uh, did you really just fall down the, did, did you just, I don't know, explain, explain to me what, what was it that um, turned, got you back to Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah, it's a really good question. So it's a collaboration of both. So what it was, um, was 
the reason I kind of went to altcoins, uh, uh, I guess, even at the start was um, I didn't understand the fundamentals of, of Bitcoin. To me, it was just like a digital currency. It was kind of fun. I really didn't understand um, the, the significance of it or, or the like economic, global impact or even societal impact that, it, that, that, it, that would it have. To me, it was just like a fun digital currency. Um, and that's, that's kind of why when altcoins popped up, I was like, cool, it's another version of Bitcoin. These have fun names. They have a cool logo. This one's a dog. That's funny. Let's like buy it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess what, what attracted me to altcoins was being young and like wanting something exciting. Investing sometimes is really boring. Investing in a dog coin can be fun. However, it's not fun when like you lose, you know, five grand or something at yeah. 18 because you're an idiot and did that. So I, I think that's what it was. It was honestly the emotional roller coaster of investing in old coins. Like there were times where, you know, I, I think the most money I ever made in old coins and like, this is 18, 19 year old me. Like I was still, I just finished high school. I just started university. I was, I was working at like McDonald's at this point. So I was, you know, not, rich at all um but i i remember the most money i ever made from old coins was um like fifteen thousand dollars and like that was insane for me i was like oh my god i'm i'm gonna like quit my job i'm gonna trade full-time i am the best everything i touch turns to gold like it just like ego went through the roof yeah. um but then i i you know like three months later lost that plus more because i just didn't understand it. Um, and yeah, that, that, that was obviously like super difficult, especially that age, making that much money, losing that much money. The emotional roller coaster was really tough. Um, and then that's what brought me back to kind of Bitcoin. And then that's what motivated me to then learn the fundamentals. And it was the fundamentals of Bitcoin that was my orange pilled moment or was my um, Bitcoin only moment. It's, 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 it's what like transformed me from someone who's into multiple cryptos to just like a Bitcoin maximalist. Um, I think once you really do understand the cause of, of Bitcoin and um, I guess also the social and economic impacts that it actually has the potential to have, um, it doesn't make sense to really own anything else. <laughs> I like that answer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, as a 25-year-old um, entrepreneur, how would you describe Bitcoin to somebody that is, you know, just curious about it? Um, it like, what's how? Would, what's your pitch of Bitcoin like in a nutshell? If you could, you know, kind of summarize it like the main points in, in a few minutes, and then you know, and if this person that you're trying to orange pill is also, you know, wondering about these other cryptos, I guess, what would be the main point that you would try to keep them from, you know, learning from your mistakes, I guess, and, and getting burnt on the altcoins and just sticking with Bitcoin only. Um, so yeah, if, if, if you could go ahead and- Yeah. Uh, the, um, with, I guess if I was describing Bitcoin to someone who has no prior knowledge of it and wants to know what the hell is it, mm -hmm. I guess the best way to describe it obviously is a, 
as a blanket definition is like a, obviously a digital currency, but going into that specifically is first, it has a limited cap supply, 21 million. That's all that's ever going to exist. It's scarce. Um, it's hard money. And what I mean by hard money is it's hard to make, or there is a process in creating new new bitcoins and distributing new bitcoins um and and obviously that's done through mining and and the way you mine is um you know a bunch of really smart computers have to use all of this power and energy to solve these mathematical equations and problems to then mine one and and that's what gives it scarcity that's what gives you value compared to fiat where literally you turn on the printer type in how much you want to print and it's done like that's the difference between um you know a currency that has value and a currency that's literally backed by by nothing it, debt that's all that's all it's yeah. backed by um i think yeah i think yes i think that's the main point that i always try to get across to people is the, just the scarcity of it you know what yeah. else is I mean, everybody, we're in the US, so we, you know, dollars. Um, and I just always try to tell people like, do you know the, the supply of dollars expanded 40% over just the past like three years, um, yeah. just out of thin air. And then if you look at, you know, over the past hundred years, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, is the, the amount of dollars are increasing <laughs> every, every year, pretty much. Um, whereas with Bitcoin, it is absolutely capped at 21 million and nobody can change that you know if you ask how do you know it it can be changed well it's it's in the code you can go check the code um it, and anyway it's but, it's, yeah. it's hard it's hard coded in it and and going on that as well it's like you were saying fiat it, it increases and bitcoin stays the same like it's interesting because bitcoin almost decreases because of how many bitcoins are lost and not recoverable and like gone i, I saw a, an article like three days ago of someone who was saying his prediction on how many bitcoin have already been lost and it's mm. massive it's such it's millions of bitcoins that have been lost um so you know there's 21 million tapped but if you take into consideration how many have already been lost and are not ever going to be recovered, let's just like be conservative and say maybe it's like two million. Yeah, you know, I think it it's means you, like two or three. Yeah. So let's say, yeah, two or three. It's now 18, 19 million. Like that's insane. It's now even more scarce. And how, how's first people listening? How, how's Bitcoin lost? What does that mean that the Bitcoin is lost? Yeah, so um, I guess the simplest way to explain it is your Bitcoin is uh, stored in a digital wallet. To access this digital wallet, um, you need a couple of things, uh, but uh, like you know, seed phrases and you have like a, there's a thing called a public key, which is um, what other people have when they want to pay, pay you. Um, there's a private key, um, but I guess in, 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 layman's terms yeah like your seed phrase is is, is how you're always going to access any lost funds um and if people lose that or if they lose just their password to a, a centralized wallet um you're never going to get your bitcoin back there's no one that can help you there's no 
um, customer support center that you can call at Bitcoin organization. Like once yeah. it's gone, it's gone. Um, sounds scary, which, but know, that's, like I said, it sounds <laughs> scary, but it's, that's like part of the security of it. Um, you know, if, if, yeah. if you lost your Bitcoin and you just, there's somebody to call and say, hey, I lost my Bitcoin. Can you give it back to me or, or can you, you know, give me some more? No, it doesn't work like that. And um, yeah, and I, I do think a lot of the Bitcoin loss and that was kind of back in the earlier days. I think the majority of it was back in the earlier days, back when Bitcoin was like, you know, novelty kind yeah. of, and people weren't, uh, you know, taking too much caution with their seed phrase because their Bitcoin was only worth like a few bucks. You know, now it's exactly. worth like millions and obviously they're trying exactly. to figure that out. But yeah, that, no, that's the security of it. Like even if you have, somebody has a hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin, you know, from 10 years ago. And, you know, you'd think if you have that much money, you should be able to find some way to, you know, get access to that, but mm. uh, that's how secure it is. Even if you have that much, no amount of money can buy your, your Bitcoin back. If those, uh, it's a seed phrase, essentially like your password is how I describe it, uh, simple term. Um, yeah, if you lose your, your, your seed phrase, then it's gone. It's, I also heard a statistic. It's like, I think you have a better chance of winning the Powerball. It's oh, see, 10 mold. Yeah, like 10 times in a row. Or something yeah, like that yeah. you have a better chance of that than you do of, of you know guessing a somebody's seed phrase um so it's yeah. just yeah so, don't lose your seed phrase definitely not awesome yeah so and that's another thing that kind of um that kind of separates bitcoin from other cryptos is that bitcoin is really the only one that doesn't have a you know like a ceo or anybody that can kind of mm. control anything like um you know, even the second biggest crypto Ethereum is, you know, they're changing up the code. You know, it seems like every, you know, every, yeah. every couple of years almost. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, awesome. So stick with Bitcoin, avoid the, the altcoins. Absolutely. Phrase. Um, yeah. Okay. All right, Bailey, maybe we can talk about... Uh, uh, you know, your, your businesses, how, how did, uh, how'd you get started with these businesses? Yeah. Awesome. So the first Bitcoin business that I, uh, launched was in January of this year. So that, uh, is Mr. Satoshi. Um, so that is a premium Bitcoin apparel, uh, online store. Um, the, um, the, By the, way, the I idea checked, of, sorry, I was yeah. going to say, I checked that out. I checked out the website. And some of the stuff on there looks, you know, like really nice stuff. I think I'm, I think I just might yeah. have to snag a, a Bitcoin hat or something from there. It's, it's really good looking Ooh, stuff. Do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Definitely do it. Um, uh, there's, there is some really good stuff. Obviously, this is probably audio. There may be a video version, but if there is, I'm wearing one of our denim jackets. It's freezing here at the moment. So like, this is the warmest thing ever. Um, so these, these denim jackets are really good. So like Sherpa denim jackets. Um, anyway, shameless plug. But uh, what was I saying? The, the history of uh, Mr. Satoshi. So in October last year, I was, um, I had just sold the investment property. I knew that I was about to, to put in a significant amount of money into Bitcoin. I was excited. I was nervous. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I wanted to throw up. Um, uh, and I, uh, I was so excited. I was like, I need to like buy Bitcoin things. I want a hat. I want a mug. I want like a phone. Ca I don't know. It was like, I just, uh, I, I uh, kind of 
dove deep into into Bitcoin a little bit. So I wanted to buy a T-shirt. I just wanted to buy a simple T-shirt that looked nice. Went on Google, typed in Bitcoin apparel, went through maybe, I don't know, a, a, a dozen different websites, spent a couple of hours browsing through and um, honestly was just a little bit disappointed in what I found. Um, I, For me, my biggest thing with clothing and apparel is like, firstly, I just want it to be comfortable. I want it to be high quality. I don't want to wear anything that has cheap materials. Um, but then the next thing is the designs. Um, it, the, the type of apparel that I like is minimalistic designs, um, things that especially with Bitcoin don't scream crypto or don't scream, um, you know, I own Bitcoin. Um, and I just did not find any of that from any of these stores, either the materials were just like really cheap, um, or from like just overseas or the designs I didn't like, they were just a massive, big, bold font that just said hodl or something with the O being a Bitcoin logo. And it just wasn't what I wanted. And I was genuinely shocked that, um, there just wasn't any premium high quality Bitcoin apparel. Um, so I kind of left it there, but it just stuck in my head for a while. Um, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I guess that entrepreneurial spirit inside of me just wouldn't let it go. Um, and it was just for days, I was just continuously thinking about it, brainstorming ideas until, um, I guess like the, the idea just took over and, um, I, I just sat down on my laptop and started I guess, uh, typing up kind of the blueprint of it, doing the initial research, um, checking out the market and the deeper I dove into it, uh, the more I realized it was firstly a good idea and secondly, that the the, the market needed it. Um, so yeah, long story short, launched it in January um, and it was, it's been really well received. Um, obviously, it was, it was very clear early on that a lot of other people in the Bitcoin community had the same um, issue that I did or thought the same thing. Um, the reviews have been fantastic. We've done some awesome collaborations. First one we ever did was in February. We did a limited edition tea with um, Orange Peel App. That was awesome. That was like our first significant milestone in the Bitcoin community. Um, so we had a run of 50 of those and sold those in three weeks. Um, and, uh, then after that, we've had a couple other things. So for conferences, we, um, are sponsors of the BitBlock Boom conference coming up in August. We're also sponsors for Pacific Bitcoin Festival. Um, and we've also partnered with, uh, Swan Premium. So all, uh, Swan Premium members get a special discount from us and some other, uh, exclusive stuff from us. Um, but also people who aren't Swan Premium members can get a year for free through us as well. Um, trying to think who else upon we've done so much. Um, we've also, for Mrs. Satoshi, we launched a, recently in the last month an ambassador program, um, which has been really, really good um, for generating sales and, and reaching what the wider Bitcoin community. Um, and then lastly, 
some other companies we're partnered with is Jolt Rewards and also the Bitcoin Co-op. Awesome. Yeah. So this is like essentially the first premium Bitcoin apparel store out there. Oh, by far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah that's awesome. It, it's in the same boat as you. Like I, I've ordered some Bitcoin stuff in the past, but it's, you know, kind of cheap and just, um, yeah, I'm glad we have Mr. Satoshi store now. That's it. I'm going to, so am I. <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm get, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go on a little shopping spree. I feel like. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you a, a discount code. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll take you up on that. And uh, do you want, you want to talk about your book now or? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. So tell us about the book. It's called Orange Pilled. Yes. So Orange Pilled. Um, super excited about it. It's, it's a really, obviously I'm biased, but it's a really awesome project what that is is um orange field is a uh, it's a book it's an anthology a collection of 250 uh different orange peeled stories from bitcoiners around the world so if anyone that's listening that doesn't know what orange peeled is so the simplest way to describe it is uh, orange peeling someone is like converting them to to bitcoin uh getting someone on board i guess and, and making them a Bitcoin only person, Bitcoin maximalist, like we were talking about before, that's the process of orange peeling someone. So when we talk about like, what is your orange peeled moment? It's like, how did you become a Bitcoiner? How did you get involved? How did, what was it that made you realize, you know, Bitcoin is the only significant currency to ever exist? <laughs> um, so, so that's what this book is. So 250 stories from 250 different Bitcoiners from 72 countries. Um, How did you like really stories? Yeah, so I created a um, just a real simple website, put up a questionnaire um, form on there. Um, I sent out a tweet and I said, hey guys, I'm uh, gathering some orange peeled stories for a upcoming project um submit yours and you'll get a thousand sats um and over the next three weeks i think 538 people submitted um and i didn't say that it was for a book i said it was for an upcoming project i said whether that's going to be in a book or just like an online article or something like that and the reason for that was because um when I was thinking about doing this project, I was concerned about saying, Hey guys, I'm writing a book. It's going to be published. I want orange peel stories. And then people submitting stories that maybe aren't true or yeah. they're trying to stretch and trip because they're like, Oh, it's going to be in a book. It has to be dramatic. It has to be exciting. I really wanted to avoid that. So I made it a point not to mention it, um, which was a really good decision because some of the stuff that came through was super authentic um and just uh reading the stories over the pretty much like a month after was a really incredible experience um but yeah so, so that's what this book is um each page is one story and it's accompanied with a, a hand-drawn illustration gives it a very intimate diary-like feel um 
it's it's uh, going to be available on Kindle, paperback, hardcover. Um, it is launching in July on July thirty one. Amazon and Barnes and Noble, um, and you can pre order it now on orangepilledbook.com. Uh, the pill part is without the e, so p i l l d book. Um, and if you pre-order before July 31, you'll go into the draw to win a share in $3,000 USD. So three people who pre-order before July 31 will each uh, win $1,000 USD, which is super exciting. Our ki- the, the Kindle edition of the book is, is $7. So it's not um, a crazy amount to um, firstly get an awesome book and secondly, potentially win $1,000. You can yeah. pay in Bitcoin um you can pay with fiat don't pay bitcoin it's so much more fun pay on the lightning network see how quick it is um and uh yeah it's 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 super exciting if you pre-order before july you get a discount so up to 30 percent. so um yeah check it out i'm looking forward to it that's a really cool concept for a book yeah 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 maybe even people that read it you know, may gather inspiration from somebody else's story and they could, you know, use that to orange pill somebody in a situ- similar situation or I like it a lot. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the purpose it. behind it. Yeah. It, it definitely was the motivation behind it. I think uh, something that is significant to point out was um, what uh, kind of brought up the idea of doing it was I was a little bit frustrated with um, how, when we talk about Bitcoin in the news or media, we only ever talk about, you know, the price, the market trends, the graphs, like all this analytical technical stuff, you know, which is great and and whatever else, but we just miss the most fundamental and uh, fundamental aspect and the cornerstone of this Bitcoin revolution, which is the human experience. Like that is, at its most basic level, the most significant part of what's going on here. Um, But we never talk about it. And um, there's no books that highlight that. All the books that are available on Bitcoin are this like technical stuff, which is awesome and great, but we just miss the, the fundamental human experience of how Bitcoin has transformed everyday people's lives. And the book has, you know, stories from mechanics hairdressers ceos influencers like there's just a wide variety of people from different lives but it's interesting because they all have this common trend or common belief and cause and it's like there's someone in the book that is a ceo makes multiple millions of dollars a year and there's also a hairdresser that makes minimum wage but they both had the same human experience they both have the same uh emotional um transformation from bitcoin and i think that's like the the most significant thing to come out of the book awesome sounds like very relatable book for a lot of people i feel like whoever reads it you'll find at least one story in there that that you know oh easily relates to so yeah that's awesome Everybody, make sure to pre-order this book. It comes out July 31st. Is that right? That's, that's, awesome. that's it. 
So looking forward to it. Um, so Bailey, uh, one thing I like about uh, Bitcoin podcasts versus uh, Bitcoin books is it, the market is, is you know, ever-changing. There's so much stuff going on in the world. Um, maybe we could briefly spend the next few minutes just talking about some major things going on in the market right now. Not, not necessarily like price action or anything like that, but just some major yeah. things. Like, um, so on, on our end over here in the U.S., we've had, you know, like three of the four largest bank collapses in U.S. history over the past like two months. It's a very big catalyst. And then, and Bitcoin has responded very well to that. Bitcoin is, you know, has, is up pretty, you know, nearly 50% over the past couple of months. Um, yeah. So I guess what, what's kind of your take on the kind of the current market right now? Do you, are you, are you so cautious with, with the market or do you think we're kind of, um, kind of easing into a new bull market or what's your take or, yeah, so um, I think especially with what's going on in the US, like you said, with all these banks um, collapsing and, and, and obviously at the moment, everyone's kind of got their um, kind of ears to the wall about um, the US with their uh, uh, debt cap that they're currently at. Right. What's going to happen there? Raising it? Not like it, it's... It, Pretty much like no matter what you do, um, it's 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 a really crappy situation, and there's not really a good way out of it. Um, and that's the that's the consequence of of what's been going on. Like you said before, printing forty percent of the the circulating supply of money that's out there at the moment in the last three years probably will do that when people are greedy and when you know this kind of stuff happens this is the um, eventual consequence of that I think for Bitcoin, I'm always bullish on Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin could be $10,000 right now. I'm still going to buy it every single day. I DCA, which is dollar cost average for people listening, um, dollar cost average Bitcoin every single day. It's automatic. I don't even think about it. Um, I genuinely do not even check the price that often. It honestly doesn't interest me because like I said, if it's $10,000, I'm not going to change my position. If it's $100,000, I'm not going to change my position. We're way too early, I think, to even um, be considering that, I think. Um, so yeah, for me, I'm bullish. I obviously think that um, Bitcoin's going to continue to do well. Um, I think at the moment, um, especially with everything that's going on in the world, um, Bitcoin has always been a safe haven against economic downturn um, pretty much globally. So I guess the easiest way is to not look at what Bitcoin's doing in regards to Bitcoin exclusively look wider to what um, contributes to Bitcoin going up in price. And traditionally, there's a couple of things. First thing, economic downturn. Are we seeing that? Yes. Um, you know, inflation, are we seeing that? The price of, I'm sorry, the uh, value of fiat currency, are we seeing that? Yes, like all this debt stuff. Um, all of that pretty much, um, 
uh, fuels Bitcoin rising a lot of the time. It's like gold. It's a hedge against these things. The next thing as well, besides all of that is, and the thing I'm the most bullish on, and I wish more people would take the time to go research and uh, learn more about, because if you had a really comprehensive understanding of this, you would be selling everything you own to buy Bitcoin because uh, the halving is happening in less than a year. Okay. For people listening that are new to Bitcoin, the very basic explanation of the Bitcoin halving is it is um, a significant event that is coded into Bitcoin itself. So every 210,000 blocks or... Um, on average, every four years, a halving event occurs, which is when the reward size for Bitcoin miners is cut by 50%. So we've had a few of them. We're about to have another one, uh, which is going to cut the current reward size, which is 6.25 in half. Um, and what that means is um, there's less rewards for, for miners um, which historically over the past um, halving events, if you look at the price graphs of Bitcoin and what's happened, pretty much every other Bitcoin halving is the price skyrockets. Um, so my biggest thing at the moment, no matter what's happening with Bitcoin right now, I'm looking kind of, I guess my short-term view is the next 12 months. Uh prior to the halving my biggest focus is to stack as many sats as i can before then because i know what has happened previously and the likelihood of history repeating itself i'm gonna bet for um so yeah i think that's something that people should really look into and educate themselves on and i think once you get like a really deep understanding of it you'd be extremely bullish on uh, Bitcoin as well. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. It's basic supply and demand, if you think about it. I mean, you think mm. you got this thing that would absolutely cap supply. Yeah. And and so right now, to anyone who doesn't know, you know, there's the cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be created. Now, mm. right now, there's only, I think it's a little over 19 million of those 21 million in circulation. And, and, as Bailey was saying, you know, every four years there's this having where the output is is cut in half every four years. So you know, the very last Bitcoin piece of the Bitcoin won't be mined until like you know 2140 or something like that. But at that point, after that many havings, it'll be I think the block reward is like one Satoshi, which is one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, right now, it's I think it's around nine hundred Bitcoin per day is an easy way to think about it. So you know, right now about 19 million roughly Bitcoin out in circulation right now. That number is increasing by roughly 900 every day. After the having 2024, it'll be cut in half to, now you're only gonna be having you know 450 Bitcoin mined per day. So if you think about it, you've got like that, uh, you know, supply shock. And, but as long as you have that increasing demand because the, uh, you know, adoption of Bitcoin is growing, you know, right on pace like the internet did in 1990. So if you have a, you know, exponentially growing, you know, demand and users, and you have this uh, 
you know, the supply all of a sudden get cut in half. Yeah, it does lead to these kind of parabolic runs after afterwards. So anyway, yeah, that's uh, awesome. Glad you threw the having in there because that is a big, uh, you know, positive catalyst coming up here the next year or so. Um, but anyway, uh, all right, Bailey, maybe we could go ahead and uh, start knocking out some of these Twitter questions. Yeah, hit me. There was some good ones. I was reading through them. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so everyone to sometimes. I wanted to answer all of them. I felt so bad when I was like, oh, like there were probably like 60 or 70, but I was like, I wish I could like sit down for three hours and just answer yeah. everything. Yeah, there's some, there's some, the follow, my followers have, are very engaged and a lot of them have some really good questions. Um, very smart. I hope so, I answer them well. <laughs> did you, uh, is there anything that you wanted to, to start with or? Um, I can't think of any off the sure. top of okay. my head. Yeah. Well, I haven't yeah. written out right here, so we can just go down the list. Um, some of them we have already kind of uh, touched on, so I may just cut to the point and summarize some of them. Um, this is a good one. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you can share this because it like, has yet to be released, but you maybe you could give a teaser or something like that. Uh, this comes from Adam Smith. Uh, Twid. Um, what is your uh, favorite story? What's your favorite orange pill story in, in your new book? Favorite one. It's, uh, it's literally the toughest thing to say. Um, like there were 538 different stories. One of the hardest things for doing this book was honestly breaking that down to 250. Um, there are honestly some story, some amazing stories that aren't in the book uh, which obviously if uh, the book does well, there will definitely be a second, but um, I guess it was important to make sure it's not overly long. Um, but yeah, so many incredible stories. One that is my favorite. There's a couple. Um, one that is my favorite because it's kind of funny is um, <laughs> there's this guy who said he um, had no interest in Bitcoin at all, but his dad who obviously he probably didn't have the best relationship with his dad would always complain when he saw Bitcoin on the news and got so angry about it being a Ponzi scheme and a scam that the son went out of his way to learn about Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin and boast to his dad about Bitcoin, literally to <laughs> annoy, literally for the sole purpose of annoying his dad who hated Bitcoin. And he says that um, initially he did it for that reason, but naturally it grew into him actually realizing that Bitcoin is great. Um, and, and now he's like a Bitcoin maxi. That's a really funny one. There's a, there's a couple, it's so funny. There's a, there's a couple of other ones that are like a little bit more heartfelt, um, like for people who literally lost everything financially houses, um, you know, livelihoods, jobs, um, and Bitcoin was a safe haven for that. A, a, a really um, uh, significant reoccurring story that happened a lot throughout these 540 or whatever stories was um, the impacts of the pandemic on people and how Bitcoin was a massive safe haven for them. There are probably... I could have made a book just on stories from that genuinely. Um, so there are like 
some in there. I'm trying to think how many there are. There is, there's a significant amount that relate to the pandemic and about how people lost their jobs. They were stuck inside, you know, they were defaulting on loans and mortgages and whatever else. And they were so uncertain on the economy and the government that naturally, um, you know, they were attracted to Bitcoin and that's how they, um, that's how they uh, had their orange peeled moments. So there's some really good stuff like that. Um, yeah, th there's so many good stories. I hope that answered it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that was good. That, that's hilarious about the guy that <laughs> got so Bitcoin just to get get back at his dad. And yeah, yeah. Paid off well for him, I'm sure. Um, okay, this is, uh, this is a good one. This comes from Michael Eichmann. Um, did orange peeling someone ever backfire on you? Or like, have people blamed you or unfriended you because of uh, financial losses associated with Bitcoin? So it's a good question. You know, if you like, if you know Bitcoin, or they're probably always talking about it, always you know trying to get you to get some. It is very volatile, though. Like, you know, we've had this, you know, for the past year or so. Bitcoin is, you know, it came from you know upwards of sixty thousand to now it's in the, in the twenty thousand. So if you did orange, if you did. Um, you know, somebody took your advice and bought Bitcoin at, you know, 60,000. Now they're like down, you know, 50 plus percent. Uh, you know, that's probably not the best feeling, but yeah. What was your uh, answer to that? Uh, has that, have you experienced that? Um, not for Bitcoin in particular. And there's a reason for it. Uh, before I was like a Bitcoin maxi, um, uh, like I said, I was investing in altcoins, but I also just was investing in, normal stocks um so here in the um here in australia so the uh, asx um i was uh, investing in some stocks here and i dove really deep into that especially with kind of like my friendship fan, ooh, friendship group and um some of my colleagues as well that i was working with um when i was a mortgage broker obviously kind of like being in finance and stuff it was a really interesting topic for all of us anyway there was this um uh ipo of this company that was coming up that I was super excited about. And a previous company in the same industry went from $10 to like $115 a share in like the matter of a few months. And some people made some like crazy money on that. And so this company was about an IPO and I was like, it's going to do the exact same thing. Looked at their documents that they had. I registered for the IPO. I told a couple of my colleagues and my manager about it. And like really got them on board and I was like, let's go crazy. Let's invest. And um, uh, I, I put in 15,000, uh, just under $15,000. And I'm pretty sure two of my friends and also my manager also put in about $10,000 each. Um, and pretty much as soon as I IPO'd, it just like tanked, not instantly, but like over the course of maybe a month, it went down like 35%. And um, we held on for a little bit. And I think we all ended up selling at like a 50 to 60% loss. And um, that was a fun time. Um, but I think obviously no one was mad at me. It wasn't like I was uh, pressuring anyone. We all did our research. We all looked at the documents. It was just, um, I was the first one to mention it, but I felt so bad. It was a, a horrible experience, not just losing money, but other people losing money because I said this was a cool idea. So after that, I've, I was always so hesitant to like give 
significant financial advice like that. When talking to people about Bitcoin, um, I focus on what it can do for them personally, not what it can do for them in terms of making them rich quick. I never tell people that. It can. It has the potential to do that, and it has done that for so many people, but I don't focus on that when I'm pitching it. Like I recently had lunch with a, a good mate of mine who um, I've been trying to orange pill for a while now. And um, I've tried a few different methods. Like he's a, he's a pretty smart guy. So I, I, I tried to use like really technical theories, tried to use like political stuff, tried to use economic stuff, social, nothing really hit him too hard. Um, and then it was like three weeks ago, I was having lunch with him. And uh, I decided to take a different approach. And I said, I just want to show you how fast this is, dude. I just want to show you. I was like, I don't care if you don't invest in it. Can I just show you what I'm talking about here? And he was hesitant, like, all right, whatever. I was like, grab your phone, download this app. He's like, all right, download Wallet of Satoshi. I'm quickly going through it. And I was like, just check this out. Click here. See that QR code? He's like, yep. I grab my phone. I scan it. I'm like showing him. I'm like, now watch this. Send. It's like, boom, 20,000 sats. And like, he didn't go, oh my God. But like, you could just see uh, like a spark ignite in his eyes. Like, oh, that was kind of impressive. And then I dove in a bit deeper with that. I was like, that's like just what you can do. This thing can do millions of transactions a second. And then connected a real world experience and example with the theoretical stuff that I know he cares about and is interesting to him. So I think the key thing when orange pilling people is find out what theoretically ticks for them, but then pair that with like a real world experience, something tangible that they can connect with that. So going back to the question, uh, I haven't had any awkward or bad uh, situations with telling someone to buy Bitcoin because I learned from my lesson with that stock. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And if you ever do try to, uh, for anybody, I, I think I've learned the hard way as well, because I, I think I, when I first got into Bitcoin, I think I was a little bit too pushy on it, a little bit too, mm. too bullish, I guess. And, and in terms of, you know, trying to get other people to buy it and uh, uh, yeah. And all the way up uh, on the, that last run. And um I mean, yeah, nobody's like mad at me or anything. Cause I, I do try to make sure I'm like, this is, this is an investment to, to like never sell, like literally to buy this and hold this like forever. Like don't even worry about the price at all. No, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it, 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 I, I, I get the question. Um, and yeah, it's a good question. All right. This one is, uh, this one comes from, um, some of these usernames are kind of hard to pronounce. Um, mm-hmm. but it's uh, EL Alex BTC. Uh, this question is what could we do to start in Bitcoin to take the first step and encourage ourselves to open a business? And then I'm going to piggyback this with another question that somewhere comes from Blue Mozzie. Um, it's basically like, you know, you've launched several Bitcoin businesses. How do you, what motivates you and how do you stay consistent? Yeah, that's awesome. Really two amazing questions. And this is something I love talking about besides Bitcoin business, finance, entrepreneur stuff is my passion, my 
you know, most significant aspect of my life. So being able to pair both Bitcoin and like entrepreneur stuff is my favorite thing to talk about and do. So um, the first question was how to start a Bitcoin business. And then the next yeah, one was- I guess like a, a piece of advice on, on, you know, getting into the Bitcoin space and starting a business. So I guess like this is true for any business, but tiering it or, or, or changing it a little bit so it, it um, suits Bitcoin businesses, the most important thing is to create something that Bitcoiners want. That's the most significant thing. Um, solve a problem. Um, that's, it's especially, like it's true in any business, honestly, but with Bitcoiners especially, it is true. Um, you know, Bitcoiners, uh, you know, we have the ethos of don't trust, verify. Um, if you're not solving, if you don't have a good product that isn't solving something, no one's going to really bat an eye to it. Um, so I think that's like the fundamental thing. I think finding a niche is also significant. Don't go too broad. A lot of stuff that I see with um, Bitcoin businesses, a lot with like Bitcoin apparel businesses, but also just any real Bitcoin businesses, um, they're super broad. Then they don't find a niche and they don't hone in on that. Um, you know, there's the saying of um, a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And it's so true when it comes to this stuff. Like there will be, just, you know, this is just pretend I don't, this isn't any any specific business. I'm just kind of making this up, but a, a Bitcoin apparel business that, you know, sells t-shirts and hoodies and stuff, but then also sells mugs, also sells, um, you know, phone cases, and then also sells books and also sells, I don't know, think of any like extra thing that isn't related to it or specifically it's like if you have 30 different categories it can work sometimes but like you're not amazon if you want to really um find an entry point in the market the quickest and easiest way to do that as a first-time business is to find a niche hone in on that become an expert in that niche and um yeah really focus on that like when i first started mr satoshi i didn't do this um i uh you know obviously had the fundamentals of premium bitcoin apparel but then like you just get so excited you're like what else can i do what else can i add and like at the start we added mugs artwork phone cases like stuff charges like a a branded wireless charger like it it was kind of silly because it was way too broad it's like people are coming here because you're an apparel company but you're selling a phone charger it just didn't make sense and all that stuff is gone now because um it honestly did more damage than benefiting the business so find a niche massive thing Another thing that um, I really love to tell business owners is to build like a Roman. So what that means is obviously you think about Rome. When they built Rome, they didn't use cheap materials. 
you know, they used marble from different countries that they imported. They used the best materials. They delicately cra crafted all of these significant buildings and, and, and everything else in Rome. And the reason they did that is because they wanted Rome to be a legacy. They wanted Rome to last all of human history and it's still standing and it's there's you know you can still go see all of these awesome buildings and craftsmanship that's been done and i think that's a significant thing there are so many business owners especially in crypto and bitcoin that want to create a business that will make their money really quick i get asked that all the time I'm like hey like do you have any cool business ideas where like, i just yeah. i can make money like how would this make me a lot of money fast my probably not like if you're already thinking that it's not going to work like you need to build something that will last um build something that you want to create a legacy for um that will be here in 10 years time if you don't think your business is going to be relevant in 10 years don't make it um because it's counter uh productive and it will do more harm than good there's that kind of popular quote uh, that Rome wasn't built in a day, but every day they were laying bricks. And I think yeah. that's like a significant thing as well. Um, if you're starting a business, don't think you need to have the perfect business structure ready to go straight away. Just launch it with what you have and learn on the way, figure it out on the way. Like I said, when I launched Mr. Satoshi, it was crap. Like our website was terrible. Everyone complained about the website. You probably haven't seen it. Um, there's a screenshot on uh, my uh, the Mrs. Satoshi Twitter uh, about a week ago of the old website. It was horrible. Everyone complained about it. Slow as hell. And um, like I said, we had all those other products as well. But if I had waited um, firstly, I would have like lost so much time in the market and I wouldn't have realized the website was crap. I wouldn't have realized that like it was a bad idea to sell phone cases with t-shirts. The reason I learned that is because I did launch it and I just figured this out on the way. Um, yeah. The, another point just to kind of keep going with that is, um, and this kind of ties into the second question um, which was what kind of motivates me or keeps me going with all the Bitcoin stuff that I do. Um, and the biggest thing is, and what I've learned is to never be motivated or never focus on motivation, never have motivation as the core reason why you do something, because you will always, you will always it will always bite you in the butt afterwards. Like it's always not going to work out if you only solely rely on motivation to do something. Why? Because motivation is a feeling based on external factors. Like um, you can't depend on motivation because when you aren't motivated, what is going to get you up to work that day? What's going to help what's going to motivate you or drive you to continue working on your business. Like starting businesses is really fun. And at the start, you're super motivated, but then it gets really hard. You get a complaint or someone tells you your website's crap, or there's an issue with your supplier or 
you've got 40 different emails. Like there are times when you don't want to work. And if you're solely relying on motivation, you're going to quickly fall behind and fail. So don't rely on motivation, rely and really focus on building self-discipline. It's the most significant thing I've learned in the last three years is um, self-discipline. It's was one of the toughest things I think for me personally to adapt and 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 put in practice in my life. Um, a good way to kind of define self-discipline is doing what you have to do, not because you want to do it, but because it's necessary. Um, and I think that's a super important thing. And then above all else, I guess, uh, you know, do what you love. It's so cliche, but it's like super true. Um, if you don't love your work, you're going to resent it. You're going to hate it. You're not going to enjoy doing it. Um, Steve Jobs was the one who said the only way to do great work is to do what you love. Um, so yeah, they're my two answers. I think those yeah. answered it. Yeah. Th yeah. I think they covered it. Good answers. Awesome. Um, yeah. All right. Got a few more. Um, uh, let's see. <laughs> I, I like this one. Uh, this comes from at KillerFlex3. What is your best approach to orange pilling a boomer, old person? Boomer. I'm trying to think of the boomers I've tried to orange peel. Yeah. Um, it's tough because I, I do feel like that's that age range is, is a harder. Uh, oh, yeah. It might, yeah. probably the hardest to orange pill uh, because they are very, you know, like to hold things in their hand. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's harder to for them to understand, the, um, you know, digital uh, things that uh, obviously it's just because of when they were born, nothing yeah, you yeah. Know, about their intelligence or anything. It's just a, a totally different era. But yeah, I, I, do, I do think most, um, you know, the older generation probably uh, is, it, it seems like younger generation, you know, people our age, people in their, you know, kind of thirties, forties are, are more, um, have the have the best grasp on, on Bitcoin and the significance of it, whereas people, older kind of maybe uh you know they they want to stick with their gold and, or their you know stocks or whatever but yeah yeah and i you think have a, um, you have a, any, a, a good strategy for for that yeah look it's like i don't have a, a crash course for specifically for boomers but i guess um what it is 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 any group of person that you're wanting to orange pill is to, you know, focus on what makes sense to them. Um, what do they know? What do they understand and relate Bitcoin back to that? So if a boomer understands gold and values gold, because that's what they've grown up with, it's so easy to relate Bitcoin to gold and make that comparison. So I think that's firstly like the key thing to, to, to bring it back to something that they understand and that they're comfortable with because already you've you're kind of bringing down a a wall by doing that um relate it to their interests um besides like what they know what are they interested in do they work in finance are they a teacher are they a politician like what is it that they do or are interested in and how can bitcoin positively impact that 
Um, oh, they're a small business owner that owns a hairdresser salon and they're margins are so small because visa mastercard and amex are taking a percentage of all their sales then also on top of that their shopify store is taking a percentage you know the the machine itself is taking a percentage of all their sales at the end of the day they're making like a 20 to 50 or 15 to 20 percent gp on 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 the work that they're doing cool bitcoin lightning there are no fees. It is quick as hell. It will be instant. You can buy a terminal, put it in there. It's decentralized. It's private. It's secure. There are no chargebacks. You're never going to get a refund, like an unworthy refund. You're never going to get scanned because it's literally impossible. So relate it to, to something that, a, a solution to something specific in their life. And I think if you follow that um, and if you do it well, uh, you know, any rational person is going to find interest in it. I think I honestly, I never talk about the price of like Bitcoin when I'm orange pilling someone. I never say buy it because it's go $20,000, $30,000 yeah. now. Yeah. It was 60. So if it gets there, you're going to double your money. Like I don't do that because it's such a, for me, I just feel like it's the wrong motivator. It's not the reason I... I am a Bitcoin maxi. Um, it's I'd say it's a reason why most Bitcoin or any Bitcoin maxi is, is not interested in that. We're interested in the fundamentals and the way that Bitcoin can actually impact the world. Um, and I think if someone is buying Bitcoin or getting interested in Bitcoin because they think they're going to get rich quick or even just rich at all, you may. And like, obviously, as Bitcoin goes up, that's going to be the rate. That's what's going to happen. But if that's your reason, in that's not enough to get you through long-term holding of Bitcoin because you're going to see Bitcoin drop 40, 30%, and then it's going to rise, and then it's going to drop again another 40, and you're going to go on this roller coaster. And because your reason for owning Bitcoin is tied to its price, your emotion is going to be tied to the price as well and the way that it fluctuates, which just isn't... Um, it's just not an ideal way. So yeah. yeah, tie it back to a real world solution for that person. Yeah, you have to approach everybody with a different angle. Everybody has their own unique circumstances. That's um, it. Okay. Uh, this one, we, and um, the, as I'm looking at these, some of these we, we are, already did really hit on. So maybe we could just very briefly um, yep. touch on these. But this one comes from at really bars, uh, what makes Satoshi store stand out from other companies? Mm -hmm. From what I've gathered so far, it, it really is like the, the first premium uh, Bitcoin yep. apparel. Most other Bitcoin apparel stores are it's mostly cheap, cheap stuff, you know, stuff that is not comfortable, uh, you know, doesn't even really look all that good. Stuff from Mr. Satoshi is like, it's like the, I don't know, like the Louis Vuitton of, of, of Bitcoin apparel <laughs> almost, I would say. Or, uh, or like the, you know, the Lululemon of Bitcoin apparel. Yeah, but it's yeah. affordable. And yeah. uh that that's yeah absolutely look there are so many things about mr satoshi that make it stand out from any other bitcoin apparel company in the industry um firstly high quality materials it's seriously the most fundamental aspect of mr satoshi as a brand um and you know the only you know it, with Bitcoin, as like I said before, don't trust verify. 
that's such a massive thing because when you buy our apparel, you know, it's super clear instantly the quality of the materials. And, um, you know, we've, Mr. Satoshi has been around since January 4th and there has not been one single refund, one single return. There's not been one single exchange not one complaint. There's been absolutely nothing, which is fantastic. Going on to that, like the designs as well. They're premium, professionally made designs. It's not something that's just made on, I don't know, paint is the only thing. No one uses paint, but whatever the equivalent is, of paint is now, <laughs> like it's, they're, they're made well. Um, the embroidered designs are awesome they take a while to like come up with the ideas and make sure that they look right and that they're they look really cool like our um satoshi social club stuff is our most popular apparel um and the embroidered stuff on that is insane and and the um the quality of the hoodies and sweatshirts and t-shirts for both our collector's edition and our satoshi social club edition are even higher quality than just our standard stuff. Um, so the hoodies for those collections are insane. They're ex they're expensive to for us to buy, um, and they have a bit of a higher price tag than just the normal stuff. But the quality of it is ridiculous. It is like that Louis Vuitton quality kind of stuff. Like it's very uh, um, premium for sure. But just like even our standard stuff is, you know, 100% cotton, really good stuff, super comfortable, well-made. Everything's shipped from, made and shipped from the US, which is important. There's free worldwide shipping. Um, I think the, like the, the biggest thing that separates Mr. Satoshi besides all of that to every other competitor are our rewards. There's literally no Bitcoin apparel company that, has the level of rewards that we have so this is a core focus of mr satoshi's um what is the reward uh, program yeah so so we parted with jolt rewards shout out to them they are incredible um they're at the uh uh bitcoin conference at the moment uh, in miami so um they're doing some really awesome stuff there but yeah so we partnered with jolts um to offer up to 100,000 instant sats back on every single order above $29, which is pretty much what is everything. Um, and it's a tiered system. So $29 to $49 gets you 10,000 sats, 49 to whatever gets you 25,000. And it gradually increases to about 100,000 sats. Um, and when you check out and you get to the thank you confirmation page, a pop-up comes up that says, congratulations, you've earned some sats back, click on it. Um, and it takes you to a Jolt's website, which is Mr. Satoshi branded. And it has a QR code, scan the QR code and you get your sats back instantly back into your uh, private uh, lightning wallet. On top of that, we have um, our monthly 1.5 million sats giveaway. So every single month we give away 1.5 million sats completely free to enter. 15 people win. The top prize is a million sats. 200, then second place is 250,000. Um, and we've been doing that since January. That's really, really fun. So we've given out almost 
10 million plus sats just from that. Um, next thing is our sats club. So we have another sats reward. So when you join sats club, again, it's free to, you are able to refer friends with a special unique link for you. You get $10, they get $10. And then also every time you make an order, Miss Stoshi, you get sat points, which is about 5% back in store credit. And then the last rewards program we have is with um, the Bitcoin Co mobile app. So you can jump on there. Firstly, it's an incredible app. So definitely just download it anyway. You can buy gift cards for different um, Bitcoin and non-Bitcoin businesses and you'll get sats back depending on what the business allows. Mrs. Satoshi is the highest sats back for in the Bitcoin category and obviously for the Bitcoin apparel category there as well. So you'll get 21% sats back if you buy through the app, which is also instant. Um, so yeah, that's probably the most significant thing that makes Mrs. Satoshi stand out from all other apparel companies. Premium, high quality, professionally made, amazing customer service, 24-7 customer chat. And we literally have the best rewards in the industry. And I can't think of a reason to order any Bitcoin apparel from anywhere else other than I love Mr. Satoshi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's awesome. Uh, okay. Uh, this question comes from uh, Nikolay Chelakov. Um, sorry, I'm pronouncing these names wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, how do you imagine the world if hyper-Bitcoinization happens? Awesome. Also, shout out to Nick. Uh, Nick has been a long-term follower of mine. Very supportive. Okay. Shout out, Nick. Great question. Um, tough question. What was it? So how do you imagine? Yeah, if, the world? if, if we get hyper-Bitcoinization, uh, yeah. you know, we're on a Bitcoin center, essentially, what, what would the world look like? <sighs> It's tough. It's such a tough question because it's like, how do you explain something that has never happened? How do you explain like quantum computing? Like we've never had that. We have no idea the effects that something like that would have. We can theorize, but genuinely it's impossible to really know what a hyper Bitcoinization world looks like. We can make some theories and like a really good reference point for people that want to read a book is to read the Bitcoin standard, incredible book, grab it. It's really good for the, it, there's sec, a section on this. Um, I guess like fundamentally, if I was like theorizing the like core aspects of, of what that world would look like is we would have a decentralization of power. That's the first thing. Um, you know, governments own uh, the distribution of wealth and 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 all of that. So if that was no longer something, you can't control it. You can't control Bitcoin, which is, you know, a massive thing. So the first thing we'd see is like decentralization of power. We'd obviously see a um a Bitcoin global standard. Um, the economy would move to a more digital economy, I'd say. We definitely see that. Um, we would see an increase in privacy as well, in security, um, like for finances, like your finances would be more private and secure because that's just 
what Bitcoin is. Um, and then also I think there would be a massive, there'd be a massive shift in wealth distribution as well. Um, you got to think of all these Bitcoiners who you have bought in 2013 when people said they were stupid and just, you know, it wasn't going to go anywhere. And these like tech guys or these crypto guys that, or, you know, cypherpunks that understand it, understood the fundamentals really early on and held the wealth distribution. If Bitcoin goes on a, a global standard will definitely shift. Um, and, you know, these people at the moment who are currently rich that are only rich because they understand fear and how to manipulate that and haven't bought Bitcoin. If we go into a Bitcoin standard, the, the, the distribution of wealth will tip the other way, which is really interesting. Um, I think that's all I can think for how that would work. I guess the way that I think of it is just think of the core aspects of Bitcoin, decentralized, private, secure, well, pseudo-private, secure, um, deflationary. Think of those core aspects and then find examples of what that would look like if it was the main currency. Yeah, good answer. Um, okay, I've got, I think I have time for a couple more. You have time for a couple more? Or, um, yeah, 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 I'm good. Okay, okay, awesome. It's good I fun. Think, I'm having, I'm yeah, having yeah, yeah, no, I, I know I could do this all day. I, I, I think I have yeah, yeah. a couple more there. I do got to get going to a dinner here soon. But um, yep. uh, uh, this question comes from Janko. Um, uh, and I may paraphrase a little bit, but uh, no, from you got this book, all these stories of, of orange pill stories. Uh, how how would I guess pulling from 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 that? Uh, what story could you best could best be related to a family member or friend that just staunchly refuses to see Bitcoin as anything other than a Ponzi scheme? and uh, refuses to see the fraud inherent in the current banking system? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. Trying to think of a story in there. There are so many. Interestingly, I guess it doesn't, I guess you don't have to necessarily, uh, you know, it can, be, it can be your own uh, advice on that. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be, you know, a story from your book. I, I do have an answer for it, which does relate to the book. And what you'll find if you do buy the Orange Peeled book is that specifically for like what this person is asking about, um, orange peeling someone that could be best uh, relayed to someone who thinks Bitcoin's a Ponzi scheme, um, is that a lot of the stories in Orange Peeled that relate to it being a Ponzi scheme are from the people who thought it was a Ponzi scheme and changed their mind. So there are a bunch of stories in the book that are literally firsthand accounts of people that have been in that position of thinking Bitcoin's a Ponzi scheme, not wanting to use it, and then having some sort of significant event or 
transformation, which switched that. Um, obviously, I don't want to tell you all the things that people have said in there because, like, that's what you yeah. want to read the book for. But there are tons of stories that do have that. And it's powerful that it comes from that person firsthand. It's not somebody saying, I orange-peeled my friend. This is what I told him. He believed this. Now he doesn't believe that. That's nice, but this is first-hand accounts from the people who literally had that belief. Um, there's this really funny one of um, it actually comes from Joe Hall from Cointelegraph. He 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 submitted it for the book, but he also submitted it. Uh, submitted it. He also mentioned it on an interview that I did with him a couple of weeks ago. So I'm I'm okay with uh, saying this one because it's already public. Um, it's also in the book, but it's um, Joe was saying how. He first got into Bitcoin because he thought, uh, sorry, he first avoided Bitcoin because he thought it was a Ponzi scheme. And the only reason he ever bought Bitcoin was because he wanted to buy illicit things from the dark web. So, um, you know, uh, isn't a great motivator um i do not suggest it it's it's not really a thing anymore but you know back in 2011 2013 this was kind of a thing and that's how joe first got into bitcoin but even when he um was buying bitcoin for this reason he still thought it was a ponzi scheme and it wasn't till until years later that um that transformed for him and and you can read more of that in 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 the book another awesome story um is uh, uh um trying to think oh like brian demint i chatted to him about a month ago and he had the oh, same yeah. he had a very similar uh transformation with bitcoin where he thought it was a ponzi scheme in his book bitcoin evangelism also buy that read it fantastic book um he talks about like and in an interview he was mentioning it how he was proactively evangelizing against Bitcoin to his friends. Like his sole mission um, was getting his friends to not buy Bitcoin and literally telling them why it's a Ponzi scheme and why it's a scam. Like he went out of his way to do this. Um, and then again, he had a transformation. He realized the fundamentals and it switched for him. So there are tons of these stories in the book, um, but some really good ones, if you want to listen to them before the book is released, is to jump on my YouTube channel. It's Bailey Jacob, Jacob with a K. And there are two interviews on there, one with Joe, one with Brian. Within the first 10 minutes, they both tell their orange pill story and they both talk about how they thought it was a Ponzi scheme. So go check those out. Even if you just listen to the first 10 minutes, they're really good. But also there are a ton of these in the book. Awesome. Um, yeah, another shout out to Brian DeMent. He's my first guest. He's a great guy. He's an awesome guy. Uh, all right, I'll end it on this question. Um, so we've talked so much about orange pilling, this and that. Uh, who, this question comes from at uh, Rims Jack one who orange pilled you? So a friend, uh, a, a you know, a book. Uh, so Michael Saylor was it Saifedean? You know, it wasn't anything. Yeah, dramatic. I wish I had a really dramatic story. Um, unfortunately, I don't. There was no one who orange peeled me. It was a, uh, it was really a journey of uh, self discovery. Like the first time I ever heard about Bitcoin was 
when I was a teenager and some friends at school mentioned it, but I wouldn't class that as like my uh, who orange peeled me. That was the first time I ever like heard about Bitcoin as an idea. Um, but my journey of being orange peeled, it's a whole chapter in the book, by the way. There's a whole chapter called My Orange Peel Story where I go through all of this in great detail. But um, yeah, it was like, it was a self, it was a journey of self-discovery. It was self-education. It was trial and error. It was understanding the fundamentals. It was getting burned by altcoins. It was like all of these different factors contributed to, you know, over the course of four years, I would say, to where I got to a stage that I felt like I was officially orange peeled or officially was a Bitcoin maxi or um, had that mentality. Awesome. Well, Bailey, I really enjoyed having you on as a guest. Uh, is there any oh, final, uh, any final uh, comments or um, where, where should people find you? Obviously yep. check out the Mr. Satoshi store, pre-order the orange pillowed book. Um, yeah. yeah. What's any, any closing comments there? Yeah. Firstly, thank you so much for me. This was a really fun interview uh, podcast. Some of the, the questions were incredible. Like yeah. the questions from the viewers, just everyone listening. If you asked a question, well done. They were tough. Um, and even um, there are some that weren't asked and I'm almost glad because I saw some of them and I was like, I have no idea. This is like, so, but anyway, really great questions. Um, in closing, uh, follow me on Twitter. So it's Bailey Jacob one, Jacob with a K. Um, and then Mr. Satoshi on Twitter is Mr. Satoshi store. Um, I also have a, um, uh, Bitcoin blog news website called Bitbuy, where I post daily articles. I literally, right after this, have to finish up one that I haven't submitted yet. So that's about to go up in the next hour. Um, but yeah, that's bitbuy.news on Twitter. And then um, for my book, orangepilledbook.com, pilled is P I L L D. Jump on there, pre order seven bucks, or you can buy the paperback for like 18 bucks. Go into the draw to win a thousand bucks, um, pay with Bitcoin. Um, and I think that's it with Mr. Satoshi. We have something launching at the end of this month, which is very exciting. There's not much I can say on it. Okay. Um, I will say it is to do with rewards. Um, it's I'll try to think what I could say without giving it away, but it's it's massive. It's something not to miss. It'll be launched at the end of this month. Um, it's literally taking our reward system to an unprecedented level. It's ridiculous. Stay tuned. It's going to be really exciting. It is partnering with Jobs Rewards, so you know it's going to be good because they're the ones with the technology behind it. Um, so, yeah, that's what I got. All right. Well, again, thank you so much and have a good one. Awesome. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it.